Welcome and thank you for taking the time to listen to the Word of God released through Randolph Barnwell. Randolph is the founder and senior elder of Gate Ministries Durban Central. Be encouraged to access free additional resources for your edification at randolphbonnell.com. Great grace, peace and mercy from Christ be multiplied to you as you listen to this teaching. Your honor to us is really uh, expressions of your honor and your thanksgiving to the Lord. And so we want to consciously defer the glory to our Heavenly Father. Amen. We only represent Him in what we do. And uh, like the scripture says, when you have done all that you are required to do, say. Scripture in Matthew says, when you have done all that you are required to do, then you must say. We are nothing but unworthy servants of our Lord. Okay, and all glory and honor belongs to our Father who has effected this work of grace within us all. Amen. And uh, for me, Thanksgiving is a very special and imperative disposition. As Sean rightly says, it's not an event. Thanksgiving Day like this, yes, it's, it's, a, it's an event for us because corporately we express, but we're only expressing what is consistently true of us throughout the whole year. So we don't vacillate between phases of gratitude and and ingratitude. But being thankful is a an abiding uh, disposition that we come into. It's a state of life. It's a state of, of being. It's who we are in Christ. And uh, David said, what can I render to the Lord for all of His goodness to me? And he said this, I will lift up the voice of thanksgiving and I will repay my vows to the Lord. And uh, we can, but nothing uh, we can do nothing but lift up our voice to give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and His grace within our lives. God has really kept us through uh, so many issues this year. And I'm sure I speak for all of us when I say that God has sustained us. God has kept us buoyant. He's carried us through some difficult patches. And we are standing today not because of any great store that we hold within our personal lives or within our skill sets, the dispositions of spirit that we appraise highly within ourselves, within our personalities. Even those things are simply abilities that God has sovereignly given to us. And so it is wise to always defer glory to the Lord. Always. I want to encourage you, if ever you get a pat on the back for anything, it's to consistently turn the attention away from yourself and give it back to our Heavenly Father. Lest we be like Uzziah, who of the scripture says of him, when he became strong, um, he started to decline. Until he became strong, then he thought that his strength lay within his own skill set and he did not express dependence, thanksgiving, nor the deferment of glory to God his Father. And that started a retrogression or decline in his journey. And his life ended, as you know, in leprosy, away from the house of the Lord. Remember it says, and he went away from the house of the Lord. And I want to encourage us all to really master the thankful heart. Thanksgiving is the most basic 
fundamental and the most imperative disposition that any human being can have towards God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. To say thank you takes the attention away from you and puts it squarely on Him. It's an expression of humility because it does not, it's intolerant of any kind of independence or pride within yourself. But the fact that assistance has come to you, so we say thank you for your help, is, is proof that we don't uh, lay any great store by our own persons for all the things we've done or the accomplishments we've made, but we consistently, like Samuel said, Ebenezer, hitherto has the Lord helped us. Okay? Never lose your Ebenezer mindset. Always stop in your journey and say, we've got this far because of the, the Lord's help. Um, I just want to leave one or two scriptures. I won't teach. I see the food has arrived now. And I see that most minds are on lunch. Okay? And we are going to feast. I want to encourage you in a moment as we break to eat. Uh, don't rush. Hang out. Uh, share fellowship. Tell your stories of the goodness of the Lord one to another. David said this, I have not withheld your loving kindness from the congregation. I have a bunch of, I have a 15-page okay, document here on Thanksgiving. I won't go through it all right now, okay? Some of it we'll do later on. But just it's a fresh new document, fresh new thoughts outside of the praise and worship manual that we did. But um, I'm beginning to see how, although it's elementary, it's not unimportant. Don't confuse elementary for unimportant. Elementary is first things. You go to elementary school before you go to university. You'll never go to the higher things unless you have mastered the, the basic things. It's a platform upon which you build higher things. And so that's what Thanksgiving is. And in Ezra 3.11 it says, They sang responsively. They sang responsively, giving praise and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good and His mercies endure forever toward Israel. And the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. In the building process in this context, they reached the foundation level of the rebuilding of the temple after 70 years of Babylonian exile. So they've come back and there was the rebuilding of the temple. For them it was a physical structure. For us, we are the temple of the Lord. And there was great rejoicing when the foundation was completed. In fact, they were so enthralled, so thrilled, so happy that this phase of the building had been accomplished. That the Bible says here, they literally stopped and they sang responsively. They sang responsively. What, to what are they responding? If you sing responsively, you're responding to a reality. The reality was that the foundation phase had been completed. The foundation phase of any process is the most difficult. What is to come after that is nothing but building in line with the foundation. So foundations and parameters are established, right? A slab is cast and every other aspect of the building takes place in alignment with what was formerly done in the foundation. You cannot establish a wall outside of the foundation. It won't. It won't last. So when I read this, and the Lord spoke to me prophetically for this house, this is the word for us. The Lord says to us today that foundations have been established. 
Now it's time to erect the superstructure. Now it's time to build the edifice. Because painstakingly, over a long period of time, foundations in the lives of this living temple, these living stones, have been solidly erected. And for some of you that have been waiting to see the edifice, now it's time to see. Edifice not only for our lives corporately, but the edifice of the will of God being erected for your life personally. Where things you did not see emerge and come to the fore in terms of constructing some aspect of God's will for your life. I want to declare to you, today the Lord says, you are now going to start to see a building come up. A building come up. I speak both literally and symbolically. Talking about our trusting God for a literal building. Not so? Right? Are we going to see that? Okay, I think this will be our last Thanksgiving in this venue. Hallelujah. Yeah. But more than things physical, I'm more concerned about things spiritual. And I pray that in your lives a solid foundation of truth, doctrine, belief has been established firmly in the fabric of your spirit. So that when you build, the storms of life will not unseat or topple that which was solidly established within your life. Amen. So I really believe the foundation has been laid. And I love what they say. You know, the content of their thanksgiving was this. They sang responsibly to the Lord, praising Him and giving thanks. And they said, for He is good and His mercies endure towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. And they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of God was laid. Hallelujah. We will rejoice over your victory. I'm quoting to you Psalm 112. It says, we will rejoice over your victory. And we will shout for joy at the work of God in your life. Okay? I'm prophesying to all of us. Please, many of you have been consistently faithful. Now it's time to see the manifestation of consistent faithfulness. And we will rejoice, we will shout for joy when we see the doing of the Lord. We will tell it like the psalmist David, I think, said, This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sight. We will not be envious at the Lord's doing. We, when we see the Lord's doing in your life, we will rejoice with you over what God is going to do in your life. Amen. I really want to encourage you. Uh, next year is going to be a year of great testimony. Please hear, if you trust me as God's servant, hear what I say. Next year will be a year of great testimony of the doing of the Lord. You'll stand back and say, surely this is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our sight. We could not have done it by human skill or ingenuity. Surely it must have been the, the hand of the Lord. And then the verse that Rene read, Psalm 57 verse 8. Awake my glory. The word gloria is tongue. It is kabod. Hebrew kabod, but it's, it's also uh, quoted by one of the New Testament writers, and he doesn't use the word gloria, he uses the word tongue. Awake my glory, awake harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. Now, listen, you can't awaken the dawn. The dawn will awaken without you. Huh? The sun doesn't wait for your permission to come up. Not so? Anybody, did anybody tell the sun this morning, it's fine, you can appear? I give you my, my authorized permission. Anybody? No. 
a matter of cyclical or cyclical course of events that God has set in motion within the earth. But David is speaking prophetically here. He says, I will awake. He says, awake my glory, my tongue. Awake harp and lyre. In other words, expressions of thanksgiving. It's not music per se here. He's, he's referencing an expression of thanks. And then he says, I will awaken the, the dawn. Uh, the, what I get from this is that thanksgiving is a critical disposition by which you announce a new season in God and you activate it. You activate a new day, a new dawn. Okay? Who would like a new dawn? Right? Some of you might be the midnight of your life. But I want to encourage you. I've sent it so strongly this whole week when we're in the Kalana. Um, every day, my buoyancy in my spirit, that a new phase of God's doing is upon us. A new dawn is upon us. So we don't wait for the new day to announce the new day. In the previous day, we say that while we are yet present, we look forward and we say a new dawn. A new dawn. Everyone say a new dawn. Right? A new dawn is upon us. But the psalmist looking forward to that now says, awake, awake harp, awake lie, awake my tongue, awake glory. And you know, in the, the, the NASB, if you're using an NASB Bible, in the marginal rendering of this verse for the word glory, it actually says, with one's literal whole being. Right? Literal whole being. Now I want to encourage you, never ever express something for which it's not firstly embodied in totality within your life. The expression is valid because of the embodiment of the principle. You cannot embody something yet express it. And there's a disconnect between what you express and who you and what you are. But it's so powerful when the expression is an outworking or an outflowing from the truth embodied. So I, I, I give thanks because I am thankful. And Colossians says, be thankful. Everyone say, be thankful. So thankful is a state that you are. But when you are something in Christ, to express it will not only be easy, it will actually be inevitable. Let me say it again. When you are something in Christ, to express it is easy, but in also inevitable. In other words, its inevitability is even if you didn't want to, you have to because you ought. Huh? Come on, tell, tell someone Thanksgiving is inevitable <laughs> because you are thankful. Huh? You will not need anyone to prompt you to give thanks. It will be the most natural thing that will flow out effortlessly from you. Okay, just give me five minutes then we'll be done, right? I won't keep you long, I promise you. <laughs> Thanksgiving. This is a word for, this whole thing is prophetic. I'm going to leave out a few principles but I'm going to get to this last one because of what I feel the Lord is saying. Isaiah 38 verse 19. Isaiah 38 verse 19. It says, it is the living who gives thanks to you. The living gives thanks, as do I today. A father tells his sons about your faithfulness. A father tells his sons about your faithfulness. Just another quick reference, Psalm 6 verse 5 says, there's, For in death there is no remembrance of you, and in the grave who will give you thanks? 
the New King James says. So, ingratitude, the principle I derive from these two portions is this. Ingratitude, unthankfulness, is an indicator of spiritual death. Because the dead cannot give thanks. If you are ungrateful, you are dead spiritually. The life of God, the opposite of being dead is life. The life of God pulsates the Zoe life, the life of the Spirit, pulsates within the Spirit of any Son of God. Evidence of that, according to these texts, is, is, is given symptomatically by the expression of thanksgiving. The psalmist says, the dead has no remembrance of you. The dead cannot praise you. Now ask your neighbor, are you dead or alive? Right? Dead or alive, right? I want to submit to you, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, right? Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And the fact that we have the life, not just living, not just alive like any other human being, more so that we are sons of God and we have the Zoe life, the life of the Spirit in us. It says we should testify and give thanks to the Lord. Let me just read this text again. Isaiah 38, again, verse 1, verse 19, I think it is. It is the living, sorry, that gives thanks to you as I do this day. I love this latter part. A father will tell his son about your, your faithfulness. A father will tell his son about your faithfulness. In other words, thanksgiving is key to generational impartation and endorsement of God's faithfulness. God doesn't need your endorsement to make him faithful. You can endorse it to your son with the idea of imparting to him an understanding of just how dependable and faithful our father is. Now please hear this. We are going to tell stories of how good God has been. And the stories are going to be generational. Yeah? Story is going to be generational. I will encourage all of you families, keep a logbook. Keep a record, a journal of some sort of significant doings of the Lord in your family life. Every now and then at your annual Thanksgiving services as a family. Say, see my son. A father should tell his son, it says. Father should tell his son. You see, sons need not grow up without any record of God's faithfulness. It's the father's responsibility to educate a son as to just how good and how faithful our father has been. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm saying this not to encourage you to do this. I'm saying this to position you because God is going to do great things that need to be recorded. And the record is not just practical. It's not just in a document or some file on a computer. The record is an inscription into the spirit of your son. You can log it down naturally, but I'm talking about inscribing it by your pronouncement upon the mind and the spirit of a son such that when he grows up, he's not without reference. He's not without context. He has a framework that he can refer to that see how good my God has been to my father and my family. Therefore, everyone say therefore. It is automatic that in my life too, what he did for my father and my family, I'm sure to walk in. Right? Solomon walked in the faithfulness of God towards David. Solomon walked in the faithfulness of God towards David. Okay? It's a generational transfer of faithfulness. 
Come on, tell someone faithfulness can be generationally transferred. This is, this is very important for us to understand. Right? Renee is very good with this, and my boys know. Whenever God does something great in our lives, she gathers that, come boys, see what the Lord has done. See what the Lord has done. You know? she, it's a logging, it's a record in the mind of how good God has been. Tell your neighbor we serve a good, good father. Amen. We serve a good, good father. Amen. So I want to encourage you just for one moment. Bow your heads in prayer. Bow your heads in prayer for one moment. For one singular moment. I know we've sung. We've lifted the hand. We've raised the voice. We've exclaimed. We've expressed how deeply grateful we are to our father. But for one last time, in your heart, just be thankful. In your heart, one last time, just tell him within yourself how deeply grateful you are for his faithfulness. For his faithfulness. Just close your eyes and think how good God has been. Bible says his anger lasts for one moment, a blink, one second, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. What a good God, what a gracious king. There's none like him in all the earth. There's none to compare with him. He's a good, good God. So Father, we just take the time to pause. And in the depths of our heart, within us, we give you thanks, give you praise. For the Lord is good. And your mercies endure forever. Your mercies have been new every day. Even when we are faithless, your word says you remain faithful because you cannot deny yourself. And your plans formed long ago for our lives with perfect faithfulness. I give you thanks today because your faithfulness, it's not just dependable, it's so, it's so perfect. It's so flawless without breach, without kink, so seamlessly consistent, like the sun that rises predictably every single day, we can look to your faithfulness as a sure measure by which we can depend upon. Your faithfulness has been perfect. Lift your hands to him and say, your faithfulness has been perfect. Let's read that song. Come on. Say, your faithfulness has been perfect. Isaiah 25 verse 1. Let's just read this verse and we'll close. This, this, this verse has been a signature verse for me for a long, long period of time. Amen. Let's read it together. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Amen. Just in response to the congregation and to the family, really, I want to thank you on, on, on Renee's behalf from the depths of my heart for your love, for your commitment, for your support. Amen. Uh, I mean this sincerely from my heart when I look at the compliment of the family we have, both locally and internationally. I often wonder, uh, feel unworthy that God has, 
has given to us such pedigree of people to watch over. It's, it's a humbling experience that God would, would favor us and, and mandate us with this responsibility of, of providing spiritual oversight to, to you. Of, uh, I, wanna, I mean this, such pedigree, such ilk, such DNA in the spirit. For me, it's a, an extremely humbling disposition. And we want to declare to you once again that we are here for you. We are here for your benefit. We don't mind making any sacrifice for your spiritual progress and development in Christ. Amen. And we look forward to journeying together with great, great uh, robustness, acceleration. Amen. Great robustness and acceleration in Christ. I know the spiritual family here is growing as a result of, Sean gave us several prophetic words, Sean Brook note in reference to this. He also said, Dr. Sam Salin said this to me in prophecy, that we will be amazed at the quality of sons that God will bring to us to, to father. And so I want to encourage you, the family is growing bigger and, I don't want to stop, you know that. I'm going to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen.